0: Hello, I'm Tim Marlowe, Artistic Director of the Royal Academy of Arts, and this event was part of the Festival of Ideas, an inspiring lineup of talks and debates with innovators from across the arts, brought to you from the new Benjamin West Lecture Theatre. Enjoy the podcast. Wow, thank you very much. Thank you. Eliza well, said it all, so I'll see you later. <laughs> 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 uh, no, um, yeah. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, this is a, a chat, it's not a lecture, it's a chat about how I started, uh, how I work, and I hope you enjoy it. So I've got the pointer here, that's my room where I work, um, that's the only time I've ever sat at that desk, <laughs> uh, which uh, as you can see is quite crowded. Uh, it's a little bit more crowded now, my girls who work with me here... Who, tell you um, but the joy of the office is that it's full of lovely lovely interesting things I'm blessed with most of the things being sent to me from uh from around the world oh I for- forgot to put my my monster on sorry I'm only allowed 45 minutes so 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 uh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, yeah I'll put him on now yeah Sorry. Right, yeah. Um, I'm not really up with modern technology, you know. Uh, anyway, the, the, the uh, room is just full of lovely things and what I love about it is the pattern with pattern, the different colors, the color of the book. So this room is really where I meet all my design team and uh, often we'll just sit there and chat and then you lean back and get a book and suddenly you've, you've got a new collection uh, on your hands. But as Eliza said, uh, my dream originally uh, as a young man, I got bought a racing bike when I was 12 years of age, and uh, my, the man that uh, my father bought the bike from um, said, you know, if your son ever wants to come out to the local club and go on a club run, he's very welcome to join us. So age 12, I started uh, going out the club runs and then actually started racing when I was 12. Uh, with a schoolboy license, and then went on went on to a junior license and uh I, I just loved it, and um, I'd never, I never. I remember going out when I was 12 and then uh, looking behind and realising that my parents weren't there and thought, this is really fantastic, it's really great. <laughs> great, And, and, uh, and uh, going to Derbyshire, because I come from Nottingham, and uh, lots of hills and uh, camaraderie. What's been fantastic about um, racing, uh, what, uh, mass start when you have the races like the Tour de France, that sort of thing, um, he does teach you about teamwork work and now I've got um, at least uh, I've got 2,000 staff in Europe and 3,000 staff in Japan and um, lots of responsibility to, for characters and things so those early days of helping the climber on the day that you're in the mountains and the sprinter on the days you're on the flat uh, were really helpful to me um, um, but uh, talking uh, about uh, my first job uh, at the age of nearly 18. I had a really bad crash and ended up in with lots of broken broken bones uh, in hospital for three months in Nottingham and then when I was let out (laughs) along with there were three other patients that I'd been talking to one car accident one motorbike accident and me and we'd always been talking and we all got let out at the same time. And one of them said, why don't we just keep in touch? Because we all got on well. And luckily for me, uh, one of them chose the Bell Inn in Nottingham. And the Bell Inn was a pub where all the art students went. So I started going to the Bell Inn. and. Um, Talking to these guys to start with, and then eventually talking to the other students. And then suddenly somebody would be talking about the Bauhaus. And I thought it was a council house estate near Nottingham. <laughs> uh, and then I realized it was a very important German school. And then Vasily Kandinsky, which I, I had no idea what that was. But um, anyway, all these lovely things came into my head. Those students of architecture, photography, all sorts of stuff. And um, eventually I thought, I wonder if you can earn a living. Um, Doing something to do with what they're talking about. I'd left school at fifteen, and I, uh, as you heard earlier, I was a runner in a warehouse and uh, just doing jobs, really, going to the post office and undoing parcels and stuff. Um, but uh, one girl I met in the pub, she was her dad was setting her up with a with a shop, so she said, "Can you help me, you know, set the shop up?" So I I, I found the shop and then had to do something called a lease, which I had no idea what lease was, and meet a solicitor and um, open the shop and decorate the shop and run the shop. And uh, three years into running the shop, I was still in touch with the art school and they were always having events. And then one day I met this uh, lady who is lovely. And uh, one day uh, we uh, went out together and she's now my wife and that was 108 years ago, (laughs) Uh, and uh, we're still together. It was 1967, I think, and uh, she was a teacher at the Royal College, uh, she was a teacher at the Nottingham School of Art, as it was called then, and uh, we met and fell in love. She came to me, lived with me in Nottingham. So at the age of 21, I'd been living at home with my mom and dad. Uh, At the age of 21, I got instant family. Two dogs, two cats, and two kids and a lady from London. So it was quite a shock. The dogs were Afghan hounds, and we all looked exactly the same. <laughs> so, 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 so. Big nose and long hair. And um, after a few years, she said to me, you know, you've got so much energy and so many ideas. Why don't you try and open your own little shop? So. Um, uh, eventually I couldn't find a shop because I didn't realise that shops cost so much money and that you have to sign leases and do things I, I knew a bit about that with the shop I helped with um, I was I had a tailor friend down the road because I used to go, Pauline basically was, she trained at the Royal College of Art as a fashion designer. But because she had two children, she was teaching in Nottingham. But uh, she went to the Royal College when at the time of Hockney, Peter Blake, uh, Peter Phillips, all that era. So it was a fantastic era to be at the Royal College. But also, she, it was when they were teaching couture fashion. So that was very much about how the things are constructed, the importance of cut and shape, um, and the importance of proportion and nowadays of course there is that element to it but it's so much about networking and social media so it was really old school but at home uh, in our flat uh, on the kitchen table she taught me about cutting patterns we had a sewing machine i learned how to how to make uh, make clothes Uh, but also i went to night school for a ceremonial Um, a, a teacher of who worked for the armed forces but for their ceremonial dress so not the combat dress but ceremonial like Buckingham Palace or Trooping of the Colour and the amazing thing about that is how cutting clothes for ceremonial use is all about posture and making the uh, people stand up and look important, so the way you pad stitch a jacket inside gives more breast to the, packet, to the jacket. The pitch of the sleeve, the slimness of the sleeve. Trousers had no side seam, only an inside seam, which gave you this elegance. They were very, very high up at the back with what they call a fishtail back with such braces, so it was all about posture. So the combination of learning from Pauline and this tailor uh, was amazing. Uh, and wonderful and one of the reasons why we sell 90,000 suits a year, uh, I think, because I learnt a lot about tailoring. But this uh, one tailor, he, uh, I kept pleading with him, saying, I can't find a shop, I want a shop. He said, I have a room at the back, call it a shop. <laughs> and so that was the room at the back and it was 12 foot by 12 foot or around three meters square. And um, I, uh, it had no windows, and the only c- entered it down a corridor. Uh, the rent was no rent for three months, <laughs> then 50 pence a week, and then it went up to the shocking price of £3. But I'd been to many, many interesting lectures with Pauline uh, at, the, at the school, and one of the lectures I went to was by a, a, a lateral thinker called Edward de Bono. And he said lots of interesting things. Uh, but one of the things he said, the job always changes you and you never change the job. Which is not entirely true, but but, but is pretty true. And I thought, well, how will that affect me? And then I realised that my little shop, which was this big, which was full of clothes that either Pauline and I had made or the very first clothes that Margaret Howell had ever made, which who was a friend of mine, and Kenzo had ever made. So it had these clothes that actually nobody in a provincial city wanted at all. So that would have changed me, because if I had to earn a money from this little shop, especially with this new family I'd inherited, uh, the job would have changed me. I would have, certainly wouldn't be standing here today what I would because what would have happened I would have to start selling clothes that the provincial town wanted rather than the things that I wanted to stay with so the rest of the lecture you'll see me walk like an egyptian and walking like egyptian is this is friday and saturday which i'm now about to show you and this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So any of you are out there who are either starting businesses or have businesses, my top tip is that if you're, you, you want purity of image, no compromise, and almost certainly if that's all you do, you'll go bankrupt. <laughs> and if you only have rent-paying stuff that is very commercial, you'll almost eventually fall by the wayside. But it's if you can get the balance of image and paying the rent then you'll probably have a long life which is what next year will be the 50th year of Paul Smith. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, I I, I learned many many things Uh, and I, I call it training by doing it so I worked as a freelance and my dad was an amateur photographer and I used to, I got a camera when I was 11. I used to go up into the attic with him. It was the day of film, so we used to develop and print uh, film. But also I started taking photographs. So during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I took photographs. I worked for Face Magazine, Arena Magazine, Esquire Magazine, Architectural Digest, Casa, Brut, Casa Vogue. Uh, but also I worked as a colorist for a, a a small company called Benetton, when they only had 30 shops, not four and a half thousand shops, uh, designed fabric in Yorkshire. So it was like learning by doing it. So, uh, so what I did was these things. Obviously, I learned a lot about design, communication, how to talk to people, Uh, the importance of individuality and especially in today's world when we lived in this homogenized world which is so full of products so full of restaurants uh, cars everything and you've got to have a point of view one of the things the key things is having a point of view strong personality and then above all what Pauline taught me right from the beginning which was uh, having things that are beautiful quality and the, the, the danger in my, my job is to say to my young designers, I want good quality. You can't say that, because what does good mean? It just means better than bad. So in those days, it was the fact that these all my suits have something called a loose canvas, which means you can move, move in the suits. Uh, tw- in those days, it was inches, now it's centimeter, but we used to do 22 stitches to the inch, which was really fine stitches. So really lovely quality stuff. So these are a few uh, sentences that we often use at work. Uh, one, which is break, make room to break the rules. And that just means, it doesn't literally make, mean breaking the rules, but it means uh, challenge every, every thought, especially in, uh, uh, we, we have an in-house architecture team. Um, we do all our own uh, graphic design, photography, e-commerce. So it's just like, it's just like what if... Well, what if, let's try that. Why can't we do that? Let's try that. So that means breaking the rules. And again, it's back to lateral thinking. And uh, and often it's back to the balance as well. Um, You can't do it without doing it. Of course you can, but if you have packed boxes or uh, written an invoice and realized that VAT doesn't mean vodka and tonic, but uh, it means value added tax and sold things, then it certainly helped me a lot by the fact, at some point, I have actually done a lot of the things my staff will do. Um, this is really an interesting one. We do things which are right, not which are easy. And, and that's, uh, we, we get offered lots of, do you want to buy, do you want to design this, do you want to design that? And, and um, um, the man who I designed fabric for in the 1970s said to me, Paul, when somebody says something to you, like, I've had this idea, you listen to the idea, you an, an answer with enthusiasm, you take a breath and say, that sounds really great, but can I come back to you tomorrow? And that's just saved me so much heartache and pain and, and probably entering into the world of a job that I didn't really want to do. So that, means that that's what that means. Um, I, I'm a sir. <laughs> and when you get a sir, you get a coat of arms. <coughs> Guess what this is? <laughs> a coat of arms, yeah, but um, the, uh, and that's my official coat of arms, of course, Uh, but the the key thing about this picture is this, which is never assume, which is save me money, heartache, time, exhaustion, so it just means check things, really, so our company motto is never assume, it just means just, just, follow the FedEx, check, check the tracking number, make sure that it has really happened. And that's what that means. Um, we, all my designers, I really encourage them not to follow what other brands are doing. They, it's important that they know what other brands are doing, but, but the only, only important to know that what they're doing is so you know what not to do. Um, because you can find inspiration in everything, and if you can't, you're not looking properly. So even in this room, in the, the texture of the ward, the texture of the uh, the walls, the colour of the lights, all can be inspiration. Uh, so for instance, I, I take a lot of photographs every day just with my iPhone. I have an Instagram, personal Instagram, which is called Taken by Paul, and then there's one that we have at work. So the the one I do never really ha- features any clothes, it's just things, stuff, stuff that I see. So. That's, that's where a lot of inspiration can come from. So uh, at, a, at a, the Hulticultural Hall antique market, you know, some, some pens, which then can be the inspiration for the socks. So you see the colours and then you see that. And then uh, Paul Gerns, a da- Danish archi- artist, lovely, lovely colour combination. And then that could be... Uh, the influence of a tie, uh, uh, knitwear, socks, um, or anything. Then uh, Chelsea Flower Show, uh, and then shirts. So basically, as a designer, especially of clothes, it, it's all there if you want it, but you've just got to observe and you've got to look. And, and, and uh, the other thing is that when we first started, um, Pauline was the designer for two or three years, and then she wanted to um, study uh, history of art, and then she went to the Slade School of Art uh, as a student, uh, as a painter. Uh, and uh, it's all it's not 40 minutes already. I did it wrong. <laughs> See you, bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, He's, sorry, it's worse than a mobile phone. You tell me when 45 minutes is up, okay. Kirsty. Is he still ringing, He's still okay. singing? Sorry. Put him outside. My my talks always go off at a tangent, Sorry about that. The girls are used to it. They they only here the as a safety valve for me. Colour. So, <laughs> um, color. so uh, you know, one. So Pauline designed the first clothes. And then she went off to study history of art and then became a painter at Slade. And so suddenly I had the job of being the designer. And, and so that's really where the expression or the way of working, which is an overused expression, but classic with a twist. So it means you have something, but you always have uh, the this, this surprise of, of some, something hidden, and so when I look at that, uh, I, I look at it as you know of that wonderful blue with the green together, which then becomes, can be, become a T-shirt, for instance. So just looking at, at color combinations that are really that, those two that really clash a lot and uh, then end up being, being that. So I, when I took over as a designer, I, I, I was really reliant a lot on colour, surprise, simplicity and a lot of the methods of making things the way I'd learnt from Pauline and from the uh, the, t- the tailor. Um, you can find inspiration in anything and uh, the things, some of the things I like are, well these are lots of things I like and. Uh, Obviously, from art, you can get the the colors of a painting. You can get uh, the composition, which then can help you in textile design. Music, architecture, travel. I think all those things can can influence you. So I train all my staff all the time to just be observant of. uh, You say, well, how architecture? Well, architecture, Palladio. Uh, you know, he was uh, Andrea Preladio in, what was it, 1640 or something, you know, the, the, the master of perfect proportion, you know, window, window, door, whatever that's called above the door, the sticky-up bit. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the sticky-up bit can be the opening of a jacket, window, window, po- the size of the pocket. So you can learn a lot from, from the, uh, the rhythm of a building or the proportion of a, a architecture. And they can all help you in, in, um, in, in my job as well. So there he is. So, so perfect, you know, perfect, 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 perfect. So if you do a pocket that's too long, then it'll hurt your eyes and it'll make the jacket look all wrong, whereas if you can really understand what really works, um, I think you've, you've got, a, you've got a, a good chance of having a, a garment that people want to buy. Um, architecture, this is our shop here, here just around the corner in, in Albemarle Street, and um, it's one of the few, uh, I think, the only, only shop in central London that's got uh, a cast-iron façade. And uh, what's lovely about that is uh, it's special. Uh, The other thing is that we get architectural students come to see it and so uh, that's nice and they come in the shop and it's more interesting and in this particular shop we sell furniture and uh, sculpture and we've got an an exhibition on at the moment for instance with uh, people like Peter Blakin and Robin Denny and uh, a very interesting mix of people. But also from that, um, that pattern we can then make leather goods, um, and uh, we've made upholstery with the same pattern. So that's very much about the lateral thinking again. So taking one thing that you can use in, in lots of different ways. Uh, and as you'll see later on, if, we, if the robot doesn't go off, um, we'll have enough time, is that how, I've, how it's important to, to use, to do not just fashion, but to do other things as well. So you can find inspiration in art. This is a Frank Auerbach painting. And uh, as you see, the the lovely, lovely pictures. This was just at the Slade, uh, at the uh, Tate, sorry, one day. So just enjoying the, the picture that then became the influence for one of the stripes. So that literally came from the, the Auerbach painting. Uh, and then uh, looking through an old book, um, which I was given, uh, then became uh, the print uh, for the shirt. Uh, The key thing about taking things from printed matter is you've got to make sure it's out of copyright. Uh, And uh, luckily that was. But we have a copyright lawyer that that, um, works for us, so we always check everything out properly. Um, Travel, it said on the list, travel. So, of course, travel is one of the most uh, simulating things and great for all all forms of uh, of, uh, inspiration. The colour, the pattern with the pattern, the clashing colours, the pattern there with that pattern there. So that's just a joy for me and just so inspirational. And that was because I was in Jaipur. But you could you could be in the dentist waiting room, which is what happened here. Was I was in the dentist waiting room, and there was an old interiors magazine. I stole a page. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and that became my knitwear collection because it's so genius. The colours are so o- o- odd. It was two years out of date in the Middle of the month, just trying to justify stealing a page. Um, you don't have to go to Guatemala. You can look in a book or you can look online, but this was from a book. This is their traditional dress that um, I loved. This is what they carry their goods in, and then that became the inspiration for this collection. So uh, I, although I didn't actually copy any of the original pattern, I took it as an influence. And obviously you can see there, that's immediately a T-shirt, a piece of knitwear, a knitted tie, a pair of socks, a scarf. So from going to the library, I I then got that. And that was probably one of the most successful collections I've ever done, ever. We're famous for our stripes and most, uh, if you came around our studio, what the joy of the studio is the fact you'll see lots of pencils and uh, paint and yarn and we do linocut and we do uh, silkscreen printing. But when, when we do our stripes, we do not do them on the computer. And if you look at from here to here, that's a computer print. But if you look from here to here, that's taking a piece of uh, cardboard and uh, we have lots of drawers of yarn and then we wind the yarn around and then sometimes big, sometimes small and then uh, obviously yarn is three dimensional. uh, So is knitwear, so is a scarf, so are socks. So if you put orange and red together, they're obviously going to reflect on each other, which you wouldn't get with a Print out, and also you're very reliant on the ink and the print and the, the machine. So if you put white and blue together it's really fresh. If you put the clashing colors it, it really fights. So by using real yarn we find that that really really helps and really works. So same here. So that's the computer and then this is the actual yarn. We design all our own shops. And uh, we, uh, this is our shop in, in Los Angeles, which um, anybody who has been to Los Angeles uh, understands that, you know, it's uh, Melrose Avenue, 8221 Melrose. Uh, Melrose is like 20 miles long, and uh, everything, and most people, are, well, in fact, that's the only person that's ever walked <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah, the, the, and uh, the, the everybody else drives. So I just thought, well, we've got to build the Eiffel Tower. You know, we've got to build something that really stands out. And, uh, and we built this, and unknown to us, it's uh, at the time, but now it's become the, the most Instagrammed uh, building in all of California. I like the words, come in, on the Pardon? I like the words, please come in as well. Oh, yeah, that's very friendly. Yes, on the window it says, please come in, or else, <laughs> in brackets. Yeah. <laughs> It's become a point of reference as well. Uh, a lot of uh, St. Martins students went recently and they, they said well, they'd never been to Los Angeles before. They said, we'll meet you at the Paul Smith shop, which was really nice, you know. Was, and um, so we've had to have a security guard outside and uh, it's, it's just become where people go. It's ahead of the Hollywood sign, the Frank Gehry Hall. It's just mad, I mean, it was never intended to do that. A lady arrived recently with her cow to be photographed <laughs> in the front of the window. She, she arrived with a Land Rover and a trailer with a cow in it. We've had people with couches, with chairs, with carpets, with bikinis, with a fashion shoot. It's just absolutely mad, but it's wonderful. Um, so, as I said earlier, we tried to do things which are to do with effort. This is our shop around the corner, and one of the rooms is called the Domino Room. And it has 26,000 dominoes uh, on the wall. We have one one, uh, shop with stamps, one shop with coins. I don't know what else I've got here. That is old. If any of you remember, colour slides, transparencies. So it's not a stained glass window. They're transparencies sitting on on a light box. Uh, so always do, trying to do things which are uh, good for the uh, staff to be able to engage with the customer and say, "Have you seen the ceiling? It's made from transparencies." Or have you seen the domino room? But it's just a, a way of making people relax. In the early days, it was the dog and me, and now it's colour slides and dominoes. Uh, Fifty-two thousand stamps on this in this shop, all licked by myself. <laughs> I'm still sore four years later. Uh, The other thing is, uh, yes, I'm a a, a clothes designer, but the great thing about doing collaborations is that um, first of all, it's fun, it's very challenging because you're dealing with something that's solid most of the time, whereas if you uh, want a new dress or a new shirt, you just take some scissors, some calico and a toile and you pin it and uh, within an hour you can get a new shape. But with, uh, with collaborations, it takes longer. Uh, but the other, the other good thing is that you get fantastic publicity in an architectural magazine or a cycling magazine. So that's another way of getting some alternative press. So these are some of the things. This is a stripe uh, upholstery fabric for this company. And this is the Carl Hansen, the chair. And uh, this is a rug that this rug was designed by with tissue paper, taking tissue paper and ripping the tissue paper in strips and then laying the tissue paper on the floor. And then you can see where it overlaps, it goes darker. Then taking a snap of it and then that was the idea for the rug, this very popular rug. Uh, like a camera. It's time to go now. Yes. Do I have to go now? No, no. no. okay. No. I think I've finished anyway. This is, this is the end, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Kirsty's so brilliant. That's why I bring her. <laughs> that's it anyway. That was, um, he was, that was David Bowie, who is a friend of mine, and as you know, passed away three years ago. He rang me in November and asked if I'd do a t shirt for him for his new album, and he passed away in the January. So that's the end anyway. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, have a look at what else is coming up in our brand new lecture theatre at roy.ac forward slash what's on.